0: hi everyone this is jose palomino your host again for business growth on purpose and our guest today is slava Padmori, and slava is the ceo of a company called Vicertech. and uh, this is a company that focuses on some cutting edge technology making uh, custom software options available to a wide range of businesses but using some of the latest technologies in terms of making the experience very different for end users now this is relevant because software and custom software development is something that every company has to think about now if you're very small you might do everything off the shelf but as you start growing you realize you may need some things that are a little bit different so we're going to learn a little bit more about that business but also we're going to talk to slava about his entrepreneurial journey and how he's built this international company with an international workforce dealing with international customers. So interesting. Listen closely as Slava joins us right now. Well, welcome, Slava, to Business Growth on Purpose.
1: Um, hello, Jose. Nice to meet you. And like, thanks for the invitation. Uh, it's really interesting to share uh, my knowledge and experience with the audience.
0: Oh, absolutely. We look forward to that. So, so just to set the context for our listeners, uh, what do you do and who do you do it for?
1: Um, so I run like a small size um, company. We do custom software development uh, on a purpose. Uh, generally speaking, we try to concentrate, you know, like on the complex applications uh, with solid backends, and uh, but also we like frontends because uh, initially we have started as a game development company, <laughs> and okay. uh, we like user experience. We like three D, and we know how to do it.
0: Wow! So so that that's a question. It's interesting because anybody who's in business who is thinking I need something that does let's say project management or I need uh, uh, an advanced CRM for distribution whatever it is I need modeling for uh, 3d modeling uh, they there's a there's an assumption that there's an app for that like right? that you could just find something on some library you could look it up on Google and it might be five competitors and you you kind of Benchmark all five, and then you pick a platform, right? So there's so much standardized platforms, yet you do a lot of custom work. So my question to you is in today, 2022, how much opportunity or how much need is there still for custom software?
1: Uh Actually, there's a huge need. Like, we receive like every month, we receive like uh, 10, maybe to 20 requests uh, from different companies, from like small startups to enterprise companies. The thing that, you know, like <clears throat> the biggest thing here is that uh, uh, any business is unique. Yes, yeah? there's no like linear way to make a business, uh, definitely. So, every business uh, they're trying to find a way to implement their like custom demands and build own software to somehow catch the audience, uh, I believe, and uh, users.
0: So just, just looking for something off the shelf isn't always going to do the job, right? But yeah. but you mentioned something that's very interesting. You mentioned you also work with smaller companies as well. So this is not just the world of big enterprises doing custom software. You're saying even small companies can take advantage of custom software, the, the opportunities of working with firms like yours. Is that correct?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say like, you know, like extremely small because uh, there are, there are definitely startups, people who are raising funds and like building applications. But mm-hmm. if you're like, Tiny company, probably it's better to find you know something out of the shell because you just won't have enough uh, resources to build like something custom. But if you once you are growing, uh, you will definitely find the the purpose. You know the requirements that you need to build something not so typical. Yes, uh, because you have not typical business processes.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, I broke into business as a developer a long time ago with tools that by would be like crayons for you. I mean, just you, they would just be look like kids' toys. But it was everything was very much data-driven, like text data-driven, right? Mm-hmm. So today, of course, software is much more elaborate, much more. I mean, it's still that, your classic CRM screens of data and information and so on. But what do you find right now is like the interesting trends in software for business? What's happening in the way, either interface or something interesting happening on the back? end? what's making software interesting today uh, and into the future for businesses?
1: Um, yeah, they're definitely like... Uh... Two ways, like one is like the back end, yes. Uh, there are a huge trend about data protection, uh, data sharing, you know, how data exchanged. And like, we all heard like a lot of scandals connected to Zoom, for example, yeah, like with data leaks and some privacy problems. So people really like uh, invest in there. So it's like a huge trend out there. Uh, talking about uh, the front-end side, yes. Like the what actual users see I would say it's it's more about immersivity right now and the gamification again it's it's closer to immersivity again uh the thing like people want to perceive more information and uh, as you can see like websites are more picturesque now more interactive and uh, uh people want to see like some objects in 3d because when you see something in 3d you can you know uh, see it from different angles uh, uh, even on amazon yes you, you can see the goods uh, videos uh, 3D representations, also like a huge trend as I mentioned, the gamification. People want to play. Uh, you know, I, I believe like, that the generation generation which is like um, grew up on those like uh, games as education now is uh, mature enough. We're maturing, and they want more and more gamified. They want to you know to play even complicated engineering software. They they want uh, more interactive interfaces, more gamified experiences for them. Is
0: that actually from? A- is like and i'm just curious is the is the brain science that that's a better way to learn stuff because you're engaged with Uh, it maybe emotionally i'm just curious
1: i personally believe that that yes because in my experience uh, i always try you know to entertain myself because it's so boring you know just to study it's i remember my math classes uh, i'm also like i have Master's degree in computer science, so, you know, a lot of numbers and a lot of things. And it was so boring sometimes because you don't know the purpose, why you're just solving those equations. What's the reason? You just do it because you need to, to feel an answer. That's it. And uh, it, it is much better when you understand why you do it, or you will see it visually Yes, uh, the result of your echelation. So, just- Well, it's interesting. <laughs>
0: my, my, my oldest son, he's, uh, he's a high school history teacher right now. And yep. he learned the love of history by playing a game called Rome Total War, where you set up the whole strategy and everything. So it's all pure game. And he he aced all his tests. I mean, he just knew all the facts. But had he had to read all the facts, I mean, he's a smart kid, so he might have learned it that way. But this way it was very like burned into burned into Rob, to use a, an old term. Uh, you know, it was really hard coded into his thinking because he had played with it for hours and understood how things interrelated. So I could see the power of the gamification uh, for that. So in terms of uh, that's kind of the user interface side, and and certainly the web now is not just like a, you know, a desktop screen, it's your mobile device. It's now we're moving into the world of like, you know, virtual, obviously, that's been around a little bit, you know, with the uh, augmented reality and stuff. But do you see Mm -hmm. that as as something, and especially a lot of our audience are, are involved in uh, in manufacturing and other like industrial services. Where, do you see interfaces going all the way there to where people are going to be in immersive environments uh, to interact with data?
1: I, actually, I, I believe yes, that's true. I mean, one hundred percent, definitely, because uh, you know we're in the business for a long time, and uh, I see how trends are changing. You know how market is adapting and. Uh, Like every year, uh, people request more and more interactive experiences, more and more immersive things, yes, like uh, they want to dive deep inside. As you mentioned, the example with your son, they want uh, to play history. They want to be there exactly, you know, and learn out of it and not just learn, just perform, you know, daily tasks. uh, uh Uh, we have like one uh, interesting client like they're doing some oil and shipping engineering stuff you know i cannot undo all the information of course, of but, course. Uh, and now they have like a big idea to change their like a main application interface and make it more you know like uh, cartoonish i would say even, okay. even this way because sometimes it's too boring and they want engineers to be also utilize the virtual reality and build uh not only blueprints yes build uh, constructions inside uh, those rigs you know like instantly there uh so so yes
0: <laughs> wow so yeah so i guess that the idea is if you can if you can visualize or simulate something before you have to build it in the real world it's a lot less expensive once you know when you think about it like you building i mean that's why we have blueprints right you build a whole design before you actually lay down concrete uh, because it's very expensive to make adjustments on the eightieth floor of a, of a building that wasn't properly designed. Um, so that's 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 really interesting. So so Slava, one thing that I that I am interested in is in the world of software development. So you're you're right now you're based in Europe, right? But you serve a global clientele, right? So how? Do you see the world, is is software development now just a global enterprise, just, it could be anywhere at any time? Is that, I mean, it's been, there's been a lot of major outsourcing over the years for like big corporate uh, IT functions, but I'm talking about just the collaboration, the world of software development. How is that? How have you seen that unfold? What do you see coming up in that, in that regard?
1: Uh, talk, talking about us, like little remark, like we have our headquarters in the United States and uh, we have a research and development office in Europe. And okay. uh, we have a few offices across like the whole Europe. Uh, and so it, it's it's already global. Yes. I believe there's a, a cool um, phrase, a cool w- world called like digital nomad nowadays. Yes. Like if you're in IT, you probably work remotely and you're able to travel anywhere and work anywhere. Even countries, they adopt special rules you know where you can go any country and there's no need to there's like a simple process to get the residency and stay for a year or two so definitely it's global because uh, there are no limits for it people we just need uh, a laptop and the internet that, that's it
0: <laughs> okay wow and uh, but now you know language is still an issue for uh for the world right so like is there i know there's computer languages but in terms of the development community sharing ideas I'm thinking about like the Reddit boards or whatever, where things are being shared. Is that pre- predominantly in English or not anymore? But now it's, it's something, a little something for everybody.
1: To be honest, like in my experience, it's like 99% in English. Okay. Um, I, I simply try to avoid any like resources like in, in other languages because again, English is like global international language in general. Yes, not only for the IT, but in IT it's like kind of a standard so well that's
0: interesting right so so that is i mean even if the even if the the programmer isn't necessarily a a a, a comfortable english speaker they would they would still be working in english as far as sharing ideas and information re- regarding the projects uh, i think that's fascinating so one thing I, i'd like to just explore a different side of your of your world uh slava and your your business i mean you started a business so tell us a little bit about your journey starting your your practice and, you know, how how it was to be an owner and be an entrepreneur.
1: Um, You know, there's like a good joke. Um, Someone asks uh, like an angel investor, like, how do you sleep? Like you have so many like investments and so on. And he answered, I I sleep like a baby. Uh, And they say, wow, how it's possible. I mean, there's so many stress in your life. And he answered, like, I sleep like four hours, I sleep and four hours, I cry. So it <laughs> basically <laughs> describes uh, the, the business idea. Now, now I, I try to recommend people, guys, just try to avoid business. If you can <laughs> just go and work as <laughs> <at>, like <laughs> developer engineer, if it's possible. But I understand like entrepreneurship, it's like kind of, um, there's special people. They really want to and. I, I, I maybe I'm unlucky, but I always wanted to be this person, you know, to run a company. Um, basically, like uh, I'm uh, my partner, uh, he's CTO right now in our company. We decide that, okay, we don't want uh, to work in other companies. We want to make better, you know, service. We want to make better software, basically. And uh, we decided to start our own company. We found uh, some small contract initially just somewhere in internet. You know there are like special websites where you can find a job mm-hmm. like for best freelancer so we found a contract it was like um, a social network for dogs like instagram but for dogs imagine like 10 years ago okay <laughs> all right <laughs> actually <see that>. we <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was cool like you, you can own dogs and you show photos so we made that project and we realized that okay it's happening we're finished the first contract and we found another one and we hired a few people you know and Um, iterationally we started growing growing and now it's more than 70 people
0: wow that's really exciting and that happened fairly i mean fairly quick uh it sounds like i mean you moved it along and it started with one project and it was uh uh instagram for dogs so i love
1: that yeah (laughs) that actually was cool project Uh, i remember a client from portugal something
0: like that no Uh, that's really good so so one of the challenges with any small business, uh, and you just described it, scaling, right? Managing scaling, which is a, a, both a financial challenge and a people challenge. And in your world, the people you need are highly skilled people. I mean, you can't just take anybody and make them you know, an advanced uh, Unity software developer or something like that. You, you they, they have to do something. So how have you been able to pull the team in find the people you need to find and keep everybody happy enough so that you're not dealing with the chaos of a lot of, you know, there's always going to be some turnover in technology positions because people get a better offer or whatever, but how do you keep it all together?
1: It's it's really, it's really true that the thing that uh, it's, it's the hardest part in this business, I would say is to find talents. Uh, From the very beginning, we decided like, we want to work only with like with talented people, you know, people who really want to be inside IT, who want to develop uh, software, you know, like, enthusiastic, like, people really crazy about it. And uh, at the beginning, like, uh, it was more about maybe hiring friends from the university, mostly. Sure. Uh, when we became, like, a company of five to ten people, we started, like, uh, searching elsewhere, you know, like, uh, just job sites, uh, finding people, give an interview. But I think like we always tried, you know, to, to make like... Uh, at the beginning, it was like more family business until probably 30, 40 people. It was like kind of family. And we shared like interests. Uh, we played games together. We played sport, you know, doing all the activities um, just to retain people. Now we like... When it's bigger, I, I don't know all people right now because it's are too many for me. But uh, we try to concentrate on, you know, on good values like equality, uh, we try to concentrate on like uh, growing people because smart people, they want to grow even further. There's mm-hmm. no limit for them. And we give give them that chance. Like uh, we have dedicated time so they can study uh, and improve their skills. Actually, if you're not improving, we start feeling like, <laughs> it's an issue in our company. <laughs> it's like constant improvement. Wow. Well, what,
0: what, it's interesting what you just said there. You If you want people to get better, you have to give them the opportunity and including the time to get yeah. better, right? And that's a good lesson. And that could be true if you're a manufacturer and you have a lot of blue-collar workers. If you want to tr- cross-train people, you got to give them time to learn the other machines and so on. You can't just be frustrated or run everybody at 110% and no one has a time to grow because eventually people who want to grow, who are the people you want, go somewhere else where they can get the opportunity. So I think that's really smart that you give them the time in your in your in your culture there, right? So that the other the other point, um, Slava, that I think is just important for anybody listening who's like a small business owner because everybody's dealing with this is uh, culture, right? So you have seventy people, but they're like you said, digital nomads. So they could be all over the world, and like you just described you're based in the U.S., but you have resources elsewhere. How do you cultivate a sense of 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 a, of a corporate culture that we're part of one team, as opposed to we're just a collection of like independent people.
1: I believe, you know, like it's a core idea, like our core idea, our like huge strategy is like to make the world a better place with help of technologists. And we try to find people, you know, who shares the same principles in their life. Uh, the same, like another thing is like respect to each other because there are, we are multinational, You know, there are different people, different, like I would say, uh, color, ethnic, you know, nations and uh, different languages. uh, But still, we we try to find the common thing. We're all humans uh, and we want to make the world a better place. Yes. Uh, Also, like uh, we start when we grew up to some point to start building uh, human resources departments and, uh, you know, people who can talk to other people uh there is always like an ability for our uh employees to share their feedbacks uh, about uh, anonymously of course they can share their feedback and we consider those feedback and on our all hands meetings we you know discuss those feedbacks and we discuss how we'll improve the situation every time so it's for us it's also a challenge we need to, to constantly grow as our people do.
0: OK, well, well, one thing that, I, that I'm really interested, again, given the international nature of your business and, and the kind of business and we're, things that the whole world has seen change in the last two, three years, like everybody is now comfortable or at least understands how to get on Zoom or Teams or some other kind of video conference, right? It's, that's normative now, as normal as a telephone call. In fact, I, I talk to people that say they they, they they actually are more efficient now because they have more you know, visual calls, and they used to have physical appointments. But here's my question to you. From a sales and business development point of view, um, is the in-person interaction necessary anymore, or has this totally taken its place and you can meet people via uh, video, do business with them and never actually see them in person?
1: Um, I, I, I would say, you know, like, um, Virtual method like Zoom or Skype or any other messenger is like it's more practical, definitely. And uh, we have uh, big plans uh, which we who we never see in our life, you know, like personally. Mm-hmm. But I would say in, in long term, if you have someone long term relation, business relation, it, it, it is always better to, of course, like meet at least a few times. You know, it's okay. it, it's about building trust. It's about our biology, but. Uh, of course, more practical, like the whole company works remotely now. And we use video conferences all the time. It's, it's so much more practical, sometimes boring, you know, because most uh, people, they work from home. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, you know, like pajama py- problem.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I've heard that too. People, um, for a while they said, man, I could work from home. Now I've worked, I've had a home office quite 20 years now, so I've never not had a home office. Uh but I hear this from talking to people, and then but they also start getting, like you said, bored, and they just want to go somewhere. They they want to get out of there. You know, hopefully, you know, like I always say video calls are great as long as everyone's agreeing to wear pants. Then we're good. You know, so as far as that goes, but um, but that that's an interesting uh, change. So so you're saying even though your work is like literally manifested digitally, you connect with people digital. You still see the value in maybe breaking bread with a, a client some. Number of times over over the life of your relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, it, it's it, it less practical, you know. It's more essential, you know. Probably more about emotions and uh, just uh, change the environment because clients are also humans. Yes, they want to mm. uh, also go out of their offices or out <laughs> of their houses and just meet someone new, you know, and exchange stories and drink a beer. Yes, so <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, like like once a year, we try together all our people and uh, create like an offline event, uh, if it's possible, of course, because with coronavirus, it's, it's a little bit more complicated now. Right, right. Well,
0: hopefully we'll, we'll soon be on the other side of that. I think in many parts of the world, we're making a lot of progress there. So we're, look, we're, we're, we're looking forward to that. Well, hopefully, Slava, this yeah. has been a, a wonderful conversation with you. Thank you so much for stopping by. If somebody listening wanted to know more about you, your company, your work, where would you direct them to go? to find you and to make contact with you?
1: I would directly, probably to our website because it's so much easier to find like visortech.com. Uh, also, I'm a member of a, like Forbes tech console and I write uh, articles, I write uh, expert panels and for us. So it, it also, for someone, you know, who wants to get more knowledge uh, and how I think, like how I share the knowledge with the world, it's maybe Forbes tech console would be better. Okay.
0: And that's dot com, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, correct. fantastic. So just want to make sure people go to the right place. Uh, Slava, thank you so much for stopping by. Really appreciate your insights and uh, adding value to our audience here at Business
1: Growth on Purpose. Thank you very much for invitation. And uh, if needed, just uh, call me in the future. I have so much to share and I'd like to share the information. Excellent.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've
1: developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth On Purpose.